Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports, and it is comics time because we are doing our big Civil War review. We're going to be the 3,110,000th. That's not a real number, obviously, but you know we're 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 we're, we're another of, of of many many Civil War reviews that are are hitting the internet. But Gotta ride that hashtag. Has, yeah, fuck it, we got to talk about it. I mean, I just cannot believe how bad this movie was. How, how do you like? It, it was insanely bad, Miller. I mean, there wasn't even a Jesus spear in this movie. Can you believe it? <laughs> I mean, what am I paying not, for? How do you have a real? Like, you cannot have a realistic comic book movie without a Jesus spear. It's a scientific fact. There's like kind of at least three jokes in this movie, and that's just not what I paid for. <laughs> uh, uh, we Obviously, that, that was a... You scared uh, me there for a second. <laughs> that was a little bit I was doing there. That was a little bit I was doing. Well, you I, and I have I, disagreed I, on a lot of movies recently, so I'm like, Jesus, did he not like it? No, <laughs> we went to have a fight. <laughs> no, I love the shit out of this movie. It, it was... Uh, okay, good. Woo, all right, rest easy. You want to... I was doing a bit there. <laughs> yeah, so because Matt's not going to say it, I'm Kevin Miller back on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, good to have you. Yeah, good to have you back. It's, this is our, our usual uh, Marvel movie takedown. <laughs> yeah, Marvel movie takedown crew. Sometimes we 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 add an extra get dude, a fry but, burger or a Robin there. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, we we already had a couple guests on on earlier this week. Yeah, this is so. kind of short notice too. <laughs> yeah, I, very I, I short. didn't expect to have seen the movie yet, honestly. I, I well, I knew I was going to go either Sunday or. Well, the quick side note: we went on Sunday, Carly. Mother's Day. Mother's Day, right? We took uh, we, we we went to Mother's Day brunch with Carly's family. Carly's my wife, right. and we went tried to go to a twelve thirty show, but when we got there, we were sitting in the theaters, and apparently the projector blew out in the in oh, the wow, theater. Really? So we got some free movie tickets to go to. They gave us, uh, uh, they reimbursed us for the tickets we bought, plus gave us a free movie ticket. Wow, that ain't bad. So we essentially got to see Captain. So we waited till a later showing at a different theater, and we essentially got to see Captain America: Civil War for free, technically. Nice. Which, uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. But uh, I knew I was going to see it either Mother's Day or or the Monday that we were recording this. We happened to see it on on the Mother's Day. Yeah, I had uh, had plans to see it uh, either tomorrow night uh, on Tuesday or Wednesday since I'm off for a few days this week. When did you go see it? Uh, I went and saw it Saturday night again, sort of a last minute decision. But uh, Freiberger, Colin, and I were playing, and some other people were playing D and D until like 7 p.m. And then we're like, well, we still got time left over. A few people had to leave. But we're like, you guys want to go see the 10 o'clock show of Civil War? And I'm like, you know what? Absolutely. How, how packed was uh, the Saturday 10 o'clock? Uh, by the time we all got there, because we had to wait for some people to be, like Colin, to be available. By the time we got there, uh, it was pretty full. We had to get in like the second row from the big front aisle. So we weren't quite the very front seats. But, you know, we still had to lean back a bit to catch the whole screen. It wasn't mm. bad. Yeah, we 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 were there early enough, and it was uh, traffic wasn't that bad on uh, as far as theater going. Uh, I assume because of Mother's Day, uh, uh, Mother's Day ended up uh, 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 taking up. Uh, I assume people were doing you know Mother's Day stuff, and I unfortunately was not able to visit my family because they were too far <laughs> away, and I had other stuff to do. Now we were, I was able to hang out with the wife's side, but. Sure, uh, sure. So I'd like to wish my mother on the on the podcast a belated uh, happy Mother's <laughs> Day, and unfortunately, well, I wished her one that day, but I now I'm 
doing it out loud on the podcast and saying that uh, I'm sorry I couldn't be there. Yep. I was nursing a bit of a hangover on Saturday, so between D and D and Civil War, I snuck a two and a half hour nap. Uh, Good times. <laughs> Good for you. So, I, it, it, fa- I mean, uh, fantastic movie. I'm giving it an A. I, I'll, I'll say that Are right now. Score it up front. I'm going to score it up front. You, we, we can wait and you can give yours, but I'm going to score it up front with an A. Right. But, 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 and and call Sir Mix a lot because it's a big but. All right. Some of the usual beefs that I have with the Marvel movies have once again reared their ugly heads in this franchise. Okay. Um, the inclusion of Hawkeye, obviously. Um, <laughs> guy sucks. Let's get rid of him. And um, that's the most minor beef. <laughs> yeah, that's such, it's a well, him and Black Widow. I mean, they're they're really they. Both of them irritate the shit of the characters, not the actors. I didn't mind either of them this time around, honestly. And uh, actually, one of my biggest beefs with Black Widow, not like the portrayal of her, but the way that other people kind of react to her, wasn't in this movie, so I was actually pretty happy about that. And what is your beef with her? Uh, it's not with her, it's just that, and, and this was kind of, uh, unless I'm forgetting something, I don't think anyone, male or female, was sexualized in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Well, Which I is mean, a nice change of pace. <laughs> There, well, I guess, yeah, the most sexualized character in this movie was, was and spoiler alert, because we're going to spoil the, oh, yeah, the, the fuck out of this movie. Mm-hmm. If, if, so if you haven't seen Civil War, which I assume you're like one of the three people who hasn't based on what I'm reading on the internet, but mm-hmm. <laughs> really the only one who was pseudo-sexualized was Marissa Tomei as... On yeah, May, that's, in, that's, in that's exactly movie, right. right. I'm like, unless you count, like, you know, Cougar Ant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, which is, somebody had a, a funny f- a meme on the net of, it showed Aunt May from oh, the yeah, first yeah, one. I think I saw this one. <laughs> and then Aunt May from the Andrew Garfield one, and then... And got, like, a year under it. <laughs> yeah, and it was basically like, she like she was Benjamin Butting her, or buttoning her way through the Marvel Universe, basically. Yeah, so like, it shows, Aunt like, you know, if we reboot Spider-Man in, like, 2022, she's going to be, like, a preteen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was great. That, that was a funny one. Uh, but, I mean, I just... I'll just I'll say the thing I'll say the thing that 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 I don't like and then because we're, we're obviously going to be spending a lot of time talking about what we did like because there's a lot of stuff to love. Oh, in this sure. movie. All right, yeah. Let, let's get our, our nitpicks out of the way because I also have a couple. <laughs> Mine is still like my biggest issue with this Marvel franchise is there's no stakes, Miller. There's just there's still no stakes. The Marvel guys they keep living and they keep going through this thing and they had a a real shot to to. Have someone hit the deck in this one, I thought, and just didn't happen. Uh, and, and they take it as far as, as they can without actually removing any of these guys from, from, the, from the films. And I just, I, I don't know. Like, I'll actually partially disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because the only Marvel movies so far that have had stakes, in my opinion, the ones where you come out of it realizing, well, this is a game changer, have been this and uh, Winter Soldier. Yes, which are now... Well, it's not that a main character dies or anything like that happens, but the game, like, it, it changes the landscape of that world, which is... The game done changed. Exactly. Yeah. With, and like, I mean, I don't necessarily need a character to die as long as there is some sort of change that comes as a result of the movie. 
which is why I was very happy with this one and Winter Soldier. I think if I had to rank them, because a lot of people are now saying, like, this is the best Marvel movie uh, in the MCU so far, I think I would have to put it at number two or three personally. The argument is probably Civil War versus Winter Soldier. Like that's that seems to be the argument most people are having on the internet right yeah, now. Winter Soldier I, still I like more. Um, yeah, and I think I'm gonna have to let this one because I saw it like two days ago, and I think I might still have to let it settle because it's still kind of rattling around in my head. Mm, uh, it is recent recency bias right now a little bit on the on the Civil War, but exactly. I, I mean. People are putting Winter Soldier in Civil War 1-2, but I'm just going to say, let's not sleep on the first Iron Man. I was going to say, yeah, and, and depending on the day, like, number two would either be, like, depending on what I had for breakfast, it could come down to that. Uh, mm. It could be uh, Iron Man 1, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, or uh, yeah. Civil War. Yeah, I mean, I just... I... I Peggy Carter's funeral, just, it just—I'm sorry—that that doesn't do it for me. If you're if you're talking about getting rid of a Marvel character, I, I just—I mean, it was it, the way the movie was portrayed was, and 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 the the motivations for the characters in this made sense slightly. I, I think a little bit more than the actual Civil War in the comic books. Because to be honest with you, the actual Civil War in the comic books. And this is an unpopular opinion, mm-hmm. but I am not a fan of the Civil War in the comic books. The Civil War in the comic books is a large pile of fan servicey nonsense that just, I'm sorry, it doesn't fly. And the people who like the Civil War, they like it only for the very base reasons of, oh, you know, we're, we're settling some of these, you know, who would win in a fight between, oh, yeah. you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. People so love and to so. see superheroes fight each other. 2016 right. is the year of that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And But, I mean, like, when Batman and Superman fought in 1986 in The Dark Knight Returns, yeah. that was the result of years and years of a shitty relationship between these two guys, and then that one had, grav- had you know, there there was pathos for that particular fight and it was well executed by Frank Miller. Yeah, and I mean you got similar vibes from this movie yes. specifically. I won't say the comic, but the movie specifically where you could tell that they were fighting but didn't really want to. Yes. This one it does it does much like the movie actually did a better I, job I, of setting up. I mean, I've got I mean, gush about this movie in a while, but we're still yeah. nitpicking, so No 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 I'm 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 giving it its due here because like they, they did something like this is this is one of the rare scenarios, I think, in which a movie did something better than the comic books, I, in my opinion, because I actually the think reason, it's benefiting from a much smaller canon. Yes, uh, because you absolutely. don't have literally decades of Marvel stuff that you have to work out in some giant bloated mm-hmm. comic book storyline that I'm imagining it was. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. It's just I. The, or this, the you've got like War, maybe twelve movies, and a lot of the characters have had like you know a movie, and you're introducing like two or three new characters. The catalyst for this one was they. You know, like like there was the war in New York with the Chitauri. Yep which devastated the city and would have killed thousands and thousands of people. Absolutely. And they would still be cleaning up because it's only allegedly been like, what, two, three years since that happened? Oh, no, in the I Marvel think this world. is all happening real time. I think that was 2012 and this is 2016. So, yeah, four years. Yeah, so so three, four years mm-hmm. ago, <laughs> New York was destroyed by the Chitari. So they'd still be cleaning that shit up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, New York would still be devastated from that particular Actually, incident. I can point to a line in the movie that says it exactly is on that timeline. <laughs> 
because Christian yeah, basically is. spells it out. <laughs> He's like, you know, in the eight years since uh, Tony Stark introduced himself as Iron Man, like all these events mm-hmm. have been happening at a much greater rate. And, you know, it's something that we have to it's a, it's a causation. It's something we have to think about. <laughs> all right. So it is. So that's, it, that's it, canon. <laughs> Yeah, so the timeline follows pretty well because yeah. Iron Man came Iron out Man eight was years ago. So. I think it was actually the same release day. <laughs> so, like they had, like they have the thing, like so New York was destroyed and Sokovia was destroyed and Washington D.C. was destroyed and all this stuff. And General Ross comes up and says, "You know, you guys destroyed these goddamn cities, and you've got to be held accountable." So, like that makes sense. Like this would be something that would actually happen in real life if the yeah, and I'm not and, and I'm gonna go ahead and throw this out because we've seen him be like the pseudo villain in a Hulk movie. But General Ross very reasonable in this. Yeah. I was kind of expecting him to be like a government asshole type. Yeah. He he was a little little more uh by the Well yeah, and, and then when they're like having that meeting, he's like, you know, listen, you know, you people have done great deeds and you've saved the world multiple times. But like mm-hmm. he, he makes sure to get that up front. Like you know, we appreciate that you're here. And the, so it, it made sense why they would bring about this this cha- like like I said, and, and and it doesn't have to be real. Like comic book movies obviously don't have to be realistic, but it makes sense if you want to go that route. That in real life, people would be like, we got to do something about these people. We got to you know register them, do this, blah 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 blah. Yeah. But in the comic books, it was basically like the catalyst for the so like the catalyst for the Civil War makes more sense in the movies than it does in the comics because the catalyst in the comic books was these young uh, oh god I forget what they were called I think they were the Thunderbolts or something like that or the new I I can't remember off the top of my dome piece. Um, I'll catch hell for that. I'm not remember. Irresponsible anyway, teen superheroes. Yeah, it was this group of teenage heroes who were chasing down like a mugger in like a white picket fence, like gated community in Connecticut or something like that. And then one of the bad guys uh, is Nitro, who's basically a human bomb. And these guys are trying to like, and these these kids are like filming themselves for a reality TV show because they're trying to get on TV and stuff. They're like, we're gonna be some new mutant reality TV show. And anyway, this guy Nitro ends up blowing himself up, killing all of the kids and taking out this entire town, right? Yeah. And the town is, you know, like a thousand people ish die, and this one town getting blown up by these like irresponsible idiot kids with superpowers is the catalyst for the civil war. And so they're doing, uh, and, and they had a scene reminiscent of this in the movie with Alfrey or with, uh, Alfrey Woodard, where Alfrey Woodard showed to, like Tony Stark runs uh, yeah. into her and she, he, she, she, she's like, here's a photo of my son. My son died in Sokovia and I blame you. And, and it, and it, Tony Stark takes it personally. That was something that happened. Like that was the moment when Tony Stark, realized they had to do something you, you, basically yeah that they had to do something because in the comic books what happened was these kids blow you know blow up this place and tony stark goes there to do damage control with the media basically right yeah. and so he's in front of a bunch of cameras you know doing his tony stark smooth talking thing trying to smooth things over and a random mother comes up and just starts she's you know tears in her eyes and screaming at him and saying you know 
you know, my son died and, and it's your fault and it's, it's all you stupid people with powers and you think you're better than above us and all that stuff and, right, right. you know, who's going to hold you guys responsible and all who that sort of thing. Who watches the Watchmen, et cetera. <laughs> exactly. It's a very who watches the Watchmen-y type thing. And then that's when Tony Stark goes, you know, what, maybe she's right. Jesus, we got to do something about this. And then that becomes the catalyst of and, and Tony Stark goes, all right, so we're going to create the Registration Act and we're going to do this. And then Cap goes, well, I don't agree with this. And then... Iron Man just kind of goes, oh, we're, 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 well, I guess we're both fighting now. Do, do our mothers have the same name? No? All right. Well, then we're going to continue oh, to shit. <laughs> and like, well, and so it, it was, it was just really, the catalyst for it in the comics was just so fucking Damn thin, right? Like it was so thin. And this one, it has pathos. It has reasons you buy the motivations. Well, and they've the definitely been building up to it. And yes, and it, it, it it's earned. Very earned yeah, because and because Tony is like going from that even if you only go from Age of Ultron like everything was directly Tony's fault. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Which is why one of the things I was skeptical about coming into this movie was in the in the Civil War in the comics it makes sense for Tony Stark to kind of be pro registration because he's out there. Everyone already knows he's Tony Stark, and he's like, well. You know, every, they know me, so I'm being, I'm holding myself accountable. Why should you guys be any different? So it makes sense. In this one, it really doesn't, because basically everything that has gone wrong has pretty much in some way either been Thor or Tony Stark's fault. Mostly Tony Stark, mm-hmm. right? Like, Tony Stark built Ultron. He built uh, fucking... Or he, 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 you know, lost the technology that he's a weapons monger. He allowed them to build, like... Uh, Obadiah Stone to build Ironmonger so that he could fight him and stuff like that. And it's just basically everything that, yeah, that's gone on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has pretty much been Tony Stark's fault. So when we get into this movie, having Tony Stark... We've just nearly kind of a decade of this. <laughs> yeah, at, 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 at first glance, when you're walking into the movie, you're like, Tony Stark... Because like, you saw the clips in the, uh, in the commercials of... Uh, for, for Civil War, of Tony Stark going, we need to be put in check, and then Cap's, like, response to that should be, what's this we garbage, <laughs> yeah. Tony Stark, right? Like, like it's you, <laughs> like, stop building your damn death machines, right? Like, like so, the, the way they, they made that, it, it's obviously that they were very much aware of that, and it showed in the way they wrote this film, because you, you buy all of the characters and what they were doing in this film. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, one of the good things about it, since I think we're getting out of nitpicks now, um, one of the things I really enjoyed about it is that um, every major character that we've come to know from the MCU um, had their moment, and you can understand why they would pick the side they did and why they would kind of do those heel turns the occasional time that they did them. Because every time when they were fighting, you kind of understand why they're pulling their punches when they're fighting certain people and and why eventually, you know, um, uh, Black Widow lets the Cap and Bucky go. Like, Most obvious heel turn of all time. Then, the double agent betraying people. You did it, though. Like, it all makes yeah. sense. And, and, like, even when you saw the original lineups, you're like, I can't believe, like, these two are on opposite sides. Or I can't believe she's on this side. Like, that sort of thing. Like, given the history that we have with these characters, even in the cinematic universe. But it all feels nuanced, and at no point do you think anyone's making the wrong decision. <laughs> no. 
and you can you can you can see both sides of the argument, which yeah, which actually again, brings me to my last nitpick, and I don't want this to go unsaid. Go ahead, uh, because this is such an ensemble cast. Um, it feels disingenuous to call it a Captain America movie. Yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> And, and, and this might be this might show why I like uh, Winter Soldier more than this one. I think overall, and I, you know, like I said, I'm still kind of figuring out where to put this movie on my rankings. But I think it's going to end up being number two because Winter Soldier was a bit more focused in the character stories it was telling. Where this one was kind of like I think Tony Stark might have had more screen time than Captain America. I don't know if that's true. I mean, I I might be pretty evenly split, but the the movie definitely feels like. When I walked out of it, it definitely felt like a Captain America movie, and everybody else just happened to be there. But the main focus was still on basically Bucky and Cap and their bromance. Yeah. And then halfway through, the, or like in the third act of the film, Tony Stark was given a reason to be the bad guy at at the end, which you know, and and oh god, it was it was really good. And and the motivation for that was a lot better than. I mean, <laughs> can we talk about Zemo? <laughs> I'm going to be putting down Batman Superman a lot in this well, movie as I've been are. doing. But Listen, like, let me be very clear. Yeah. This is the best superhero movie so far this year. Yeah. Um, and I well, say Batman's- that thing, you know, if you really like Deadpool, I'm not going to blame you for it because it was a good movie that just doesn't resonate with me personally. Um, and Batman versus Superman, I don't care who you are. It was a pile of crap. Yeah, Batman Superman is not even going to be the best Batman movie that came out this year because DC Animated is going to release The Killing Joke in a month or two and it will blow Batman Superman out of the fucking I was going to say, even if you ignore that, Suicide Squad is probably going to be better. True, yeah. He's definitely Um, featuring in that. Yeah, we can talk about Baron Zemo and Daniel Bruhl. I think that Bruhl. Bruhl. That's how I would pronounce it, Bruhl. Either way. Um this might be another one of the nitpicks. It's obviously... So you know this character. <laughs> yes. I mean, well, Baron, he's Baron Zemo. And in the comics, Baron Zemo, you know, uh, war veteran, sometimes affiliated with Hydra. Pink mask. I was kind of hoping he'd put the pink mask on but at some point. But he's still alive, so we might get get, get there eventually. Spoiler alert, still alive. Yep. He was fantastic. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was fantastic. Um... I mean, the bar is extremely low as far as Marvel villains go because that's another um, beef I have with Marvel that did creep up in this movie a little bit Mm. was the lack of villains. But since Tony Stark is kind of the villain for this movie, it it works. But uh, by that, it's interesting because like even coming out of it, like we were picking teams beforehand. Everyone was like, you know, hashtag team cap, hashtag team Iron Man. Like what side are you on? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It became very viral sort of marketing. Um, and we were mostly picking sides based on, you know, who we like. Mm -hmm. And I was saying going in, like, I feel, you know, like principal Skinner in the election episode, like, are there any nonpartisan badges? Like may the best team win or let's have a good team election. (laughs) Like, Mine was team hashtag Team Black Panther. That was my bipartisan. Well, yeah, no, absolutely, and and like you know, you can cheer for individual heroes, and I absolutely was, and we got that fantastic fight scene where everybody had a cool moment in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, on the other, like I don't consider Tony Stark the villain of this movie. <laughs> well, I I use villain and I know you mean. He's he's he's, like, he's certainly antagonistic if our hero is yeah. Cap. The villain's probably a strong word. It, the antagonist is the uh, is, is probably 
more appropriate. Well, if it's a Captain America movie mm-hmm. and Captain America is our protagonist, then yes, uh, Tony Stark is a, a minor antagonist at least. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you at least buy the motivations for Baron Zemo in this. Oh, you buy his plan. His plan makes sense. And, uh, well, I guess tech- I keep calling him Baron Zemo. He's technically not Baron Zemo yet, but I'm, I'm going with it. And, uh, sure. uh, I think he called himself, uh, Helmet Zemo, Helmet Zemo, Helmet yeah, Zemo, which Zemo I believe is the, yeah. I believe is the fifth Baron Zemo, because Baron Zemo is basically a mantle that oh, gets passed. Dread Pirate Robbers. <laughs> well, it's basically what happens is the, the, it, it gets passed from father to son in, in a in a yeah. lineage of evil, basically, and I believe. Oh, I see. So there was one I from believe, like first Avenger days, and then. Yeah, and I believe Zemo, uh, that Daniel Brühl is supposed to be, if my memory serves me right, is supposed to be the fifth Baron Zemo. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, he is going to be the probably the first one in this thing because he. I assume he'll be back. At least I hope he's back because he was. I think so. Really, because he was really good in this movie, and I would like to see him with a bit more uh, screen time. Yeah, and I mean, you'd have Martin Freeman in his American accent, which I'm not sure I like. <laughs> oh yeah, and, and he's playing him while he's in a metal box. <laughs> yeah, he was exactly who, playing exactly who we thought he was, which is Everett Ross, yeah. who is the uh, uh, ambas- in the comic books is the ambassador to Wakanda, and we've obviously got to talk Black Panther before this is. You know, we got to get into that before I explode. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was a really great scene, though, when uh, Martin Freeman was taunting him, and then he's like, all that planning for nothing didn't even work. And he goes, didn't, didn't it? <laughs> and his smile just fades. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the best uh, one of the best lines in, in yeah, that. Yeah, and then that's why I liked it. Uh, unlike every other Avengers movie or Marvel movie we've seen, this one didn't end up with a big sort of world-destroying consequences like it builds up to that. Like you finally, you know, Bucky and Cap get away and they're going off to Siberia and they've tracked down Zemo to the bunker. Uh, and they think that they're going to have to be fighting this like winter soldier death squad. Uh, yeah. And, and I, felt, just, I, I uh, felt a little, cheated, Oh no, right? I love that. Really? I love it, that. Uh, I thought I, I felt a little cheated. I mean, I, for a movie that the, the whole point of it is these heroes cause nothing but destruction with their big world-changing events, I'm very happy that this was a world-changing event that was very just them versus each other, and nothing gets hurt except for them. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose. I just... I could, we, we got the tease of, of oh my god, they're going to have to fight this Death Squad, and, and I'm thinking in my head, that's going to be the thing that makes them friends again. It's going to be great. Well, for, then, for everything that... And I'm glad that that didn't happen. Because it's just yeah. one of these, again, then the stakes would have been low, and you wouldn't have liked that either, right? Because yeah. they would have been best friends by the end of the movie. <laughs> That's true. And and, and they did, uh, I mean, they, they came up with something even better, actually. Well, like, and it's, it's perfect, because if you're taking Zemo's sort yeah. of motivation, where, you know, my family was killed by the random events that, you, like, you know, just by circumstance... Mm-hmm. I just happen to be someone who's capable of carrying out this sort of meticulous revenge. He's a patient man, as he says. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes perfect sense for him to destroy them in such a way that it doesn't cause collateral damage. It's very yeah, in and, character for him. Yeah, and he did say that. And he did have that line where he said, you know, if you destroy something from the inside, it can't grow back exactly. or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. If, you know, an empire that falls mm-hmm. from outside invaders can always rebuild. <laughs> Yeah, you destroy something from the inside, it never comes back. 
Yeah, it's a very good line. Like that. But I, one of the best Marvel villains, at least that we've seen in movies. Uh, well, it's it's him and it's him and Loki. That's it. They're the only guys who haven't. Been yeah, I know it's a short list, but still, like, he's, he's terrible. And I mean, like, I guess I mean Iron Man two wasn't great, but freaking Sam Rockwell was a lot of yeah, fun. But I mean, he wasn't exactly like the real, uh, <laughs> yeah, Justin Hammer, right? Yeah. Like, but <laughs> I mean, he was Sam Rockwell. And he yeah, was, no, you can't help but love Sam Rockwell and everything he does. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, so let's talk about Black let's Panther. Let's talk specific people. Let's talk about Black Panther. Oh, my God. Oh, listen, woo! listen. This is woo! not what I expected from Black Panther. Oh. And I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> oh, God, it was so good. He is a man who is hurt, and I just want to yeah. hug him. He's like a oh. big kitty cat, but also <laughs> can wreck shit. Oh, God, he was so awesome. Holy hell, that chase scene... Yeah, that was... Holy hell. You're like, who the hell is this dude? He just shows yeah. up, a propo of nothing. Oh, God, it was so awesome. Because, like, he, he attacks Buggy, and we've all seen the clips, because they showed a bunch of clips of, of like, yeah, yeah. him fighting Bucky yeah, on a rooftop. like, a 45 second, then showing up on a rooftop, and him... Yeah, and, on like, a helicopter pad. He, he shows up on the roof in the outfit with the... Gets the big hero shot with the sun behind him and, and stuff, and I'm... Extending the claws. <laughs> Yeah, and I was just like, oh, like I started like, oh, God, I honestly was shaking. I was so happy during that scene. I was like a kid again. Oh, it was, it was so good. I just absolutely love that. And then when he was like whipping around and he, oh, God, he was fighting like like a, he was fighting like a cat where he was moving like a gymnast or something. Well, yeah, like every that. time he got knocked down, he would land on all fours and like, yeah, like, and like, low, like poise low, like he was running. And then like the Bucky would. Bucky was doing these things where he would jump uh, off of, like, buildings, and then he would do this, like, painful, like, tuck and roll, yeah. and then he'd be like, oh, God, that hurt, and, you know, Black Panther was, like, jumping and, and landing with, you know, like, a cat and stuff, and, and just, he did the thing where he grabbed the side of a building with, and slowed himself down with his claws, and then that was just awesome. <laughs> after him, and I'm just like, like, he fought, like, Black Panther fights, and I was just like... Oh God, it was it was just so fantastic, and he like the scene he had with like <laughs> the opening bit when he was like when T'Chaka was there, yeah, he was good too. Then, oh yeah, and he had his Mufasa moment. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he was like, you know, I love you, son. I love you, Dad. And then like, oh, I wonder if something bad's gonna happen in forty five yeah. seconds. And then so that, that was oh. yeah, I was like, oh man, T'Chaka's gonna die, and then he did, and oh fuck, like. Man, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, just he was the hero of this movie. For, like he was the MVP of this movie for me. I know you can take your Captain Americas and your whatnot, but watching him run around and just kicking the like shit out of people and like, oh, when Hawkeye shot those arrows at him and he caught him and was just like, I am going to kill you. <laughs> like, do it, kill him. <laughs> Fuck Hawkeye! <laughs> yeah, Hawkeye was on our short list for people who die in this movie. Oh, God. Well, it just seems so easy. But, I mean, like... Oh, God. I absolutely love uh, any, any, anything Black Panther in this. And even when uh, there was the bit where... Uh, it seems like everybody's kind of gone away because... Uh, so, Team Cap fights Team Iron Man to a draw... But unfortunately, t- like Team Iron Man's already sided with the government, so we get another Marvel reference, which is the Raft, which I think they've referenced in Sh- Agents of Shield at some point. Probably, 
They probably said, we'll take him to the Wrath. Yeah, yeah, I want to say that for, like, someone in Season 1. Like, at the end of Season 1, when they capture, like, uh, I don't know what the dude's name was anymore, but... <laughs> yeah, uh, Bill Bill Paxton. I don't think it was Bill Paxton, no. I think it was that, uh, like, playboy billionaire dude who had, like, the... I don't remember. Because yeah. Bill Paxton just got... <laughs> like, they thought he was dead at the end of the first season. They thought he was dead, like, twice. Yeah. <laughs> he got into his robot body, because that character has a robot body. And, like... Yeah. Or, yeah, and he and at the and end he gets into his robot body, and then, yeah, just, like disintegrates him, and that's the end of it. And it was like, oh, cool, he's gonna have a robot body in season well, two. No, we're gonna spend time with the Inhumans and this Asian lady who can't act a fucking lick. Um, but but uh, yeah, but getting back to the point, I mean, just fuck. I mean, oh god, man, I love Black Panther. Can't get it. Like, I just, I need. I can't believe I gotta wait till 2018 for the Black Panther. Oh yeah, no, and and <laughs> like, no, no, I'm like, I guarantee you, because we're, no. we're getting two uh, PS scenes because they always yeah. are. I guarantee you, one of them's gonna like be in Wakanda, and another one's gonna yeah. be in Queens. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, and we got to see a little bit of the techno jungle, and Bucky was uh, at the end of the movie volunteers to for a stay at what I'm gonna be calling Hotel Wakanda. Boom. Anybody? Yep. All right. <laughs> Yeah, if you come up with a better name than Hotel Wakanda, I'd like to hear it. <laughs> oh, God, man. And, like, fuck, not only that, but as far as, like, Black Panther, if you're a hardcore Black Panther fan, you got to see one of the, the Dora, I'm not even sure how to pronounce this is going to be, like, the most awful white boy pronunciation of all time, but the Dora Milaje or Milaje or someone will teach me how to pronounce that. Probably. Oh, was this the uh, bald woman? Yes! Okay. Oh, I, I, was, I, I thought that must have been a reference to something. Well, because what happens is, the the the, the Dora Milaje, I'm gonna call them the DMs from now on, so I stop embarrassing sure, myself. Uh, but 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 the DMs are basically they basically become the bodyguards, quote unquote. Not that Black Panther would need a bodyguard, but they become the bodyguards of the King of Wakanda, sure. and they are. Um, and the the translation of of DM means the adored ones, and they're. Basically, just they always have the shaved heads and they have the the super assassiny training. Well, I guess they don't always have the shaved heads, but usually they have the shaved heads, and they have the super assassin training. And they're, you know, they basically kill anyone. They I like I like that chick would have fucked Black Panther up. Is all I'm or uh, Black Widow up, right? Not Black Panther, but she she might have fucked Black Widow up. Yeah, and, and as, soon uh, as, as soon as she had a line, actually, and yeah. it was vaguely aggressive, I'm like, this has got to be someone. <laughs> Yeah, and but like yeah, Black Panther always has these these, and there's usually two of them. But yeah, they're usually just uh, and some like sometimes they're teenagers and stuff. But it, the the point is, there he always oh, has. They're like, not two, consistent. They kind of cycle out. Exactly, they they, they cycle in and cycle out because during the uh, Christopher Priest run in the late '90s, which is damn good, um, one of the. Uh, one of them becomes one of Black Panther's enemies because she was originally like his bodyguard. Okay. She falls in love with him, but he obviously spurns her a because he's the king of Wakanda and B because he was in love with like three other women and married to storm technically at the time. Sure. And, uh, everyone marries storm eventually. Yeah. And she eventually, you know, turned on him and she became, uh, one of his villains called, uh, malice. And she would always do this, you know, she she was still in love with him, like hence the name Malice, right? Sure. Because she was still in love with him, but would try to kill him and whatnot all the time. But like, when she walked, when that woman, 
I I don't know who played her, and I don't know what they credit her as in that movie. But when that incredibly attractive woman walked up to Black Widow and was just like, was like nine was inches just, taller than her, yeah, she was. Well, she was also in like ridiculous heels too. Yeah, but true, Move or you will be, and or or I will move you or whatever. I was like, I like it was the one and only. Like there were a few times I thought I was gonna make it, but it was the only audible like oh, I made in that movie. <laughs> like I, I was seriously just like, oh, oh my god, <laughs> like oh, I absolutely loved it. I just like that they threw one in there for for the hardcore Black Panther readers, and I look forward to seeing. Oh sure, yeah, no, we'll we'll see them. I'm sure. Yeah, in 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 the. <laughs> the Ryan Coogler uh, Black Panther movie. I mean, oh god. Um, did you happen to notice the Arrested Development stair car? I did. You did? <laughs> I thought it was the only one. <laughs> no, no. The, the, I noticed that the internet caught that too. The the because uh, the Russos. Um, oh god, they, Jesus! They directed the pilot for. I thought uh, it was. I didn't even know it was a reference. I thought it was just a stupid goof that I've made too much of. <laughs> No, no, no. The Russos directed. I think they directed the pilot and a few episodes of. Yeah, Russia. yeah, yeah. They did. They also uh, directed the pilot for Community, which is why Danny Putty was in was Winter, in Winter Soldier, and now Jim Rash yeah, yeah. was in Civil War. I'm like, oh, good Jim Rash is in this. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, this is so good. Absolutely loved it. Oh my god, I was upset that we didn't get any walkbys when we were in the raft. It seemed like such a... Because the raft is obviously Marvel's version of Arkham Asylum. Right. And it was just... Uh, I mean... <laughs> but I started thinking about it, and I'm like, who could you do a walk-by of? Because for all the Marvel not killing any of their main characters... Oh, I see. Danny Brule is pretty much the only villain that's still alive in all of these movies, isn't he? That I can think of? Sans uh, Loki? Yeah, Loki's alive. Uh, yeah, Lo- Loki's still alive and kicking, but... That's more or less true. Because, like, Obadiah, gone. Banco's yeah. uh, dead. Mickey Rourke, yep. gone. Uh, most of... Oh, they killed Crossbones in this movie. Yeah, who, that's true. Uh, uh, yeah, Frank Grillo uh, was, I mean, a lot of, lot of fun during the, the opening sequence that he was here. They, there's an opening sequence where um, the new Avengers... Uh, Legos. Yeah, they were in Lagos. How do you want to pronounce that? Lagos, Lagos. And they were fighting Crossbones, and Crossbones was trying to find this bio-weapon of some sort. And, and Grillo came out, and he had the skull and crossbone make uh, makeup on his armor and stuff and looked pretty badass. Got to have a fun fight scene with Captain America, but then he suicide-bombed himself, and and <laughs> that was it, right? Yep. I mean, like, Scott threw him like, into a building. Whoops. Yeah, so technically <laughs> Frank Grillo was, like, not there. Not long for this world. So like Marvel, like they, yeah, they're like, really, crossbones is going to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, they don't. <laughs> yeah, they don't need the raft really. If you think about it, they're like, what's this raft for? Well, it's for our heroes when they go rogue. Basically. Yeah, we keep killing people. <laughs> if we ever capture the Hulk, maybe we'll like. Oh man. Uh, well, I guess Marvel. Since you don't, if you don't have good villains, you might as well just get rid of them. I guess. Well, right? yeah, and I mean. There are only two guys that... Like, you could do, like, a Wi-Fi. like, oh, look, they're in this cell. Is this character who's obviously supposed to be this guy. But, you know, you could eventually use that guy. Tim <laughs> Roth? TV shows. What happened with Tim Roth's guy at the end, with Abomination? I don't remember, honestly. Was he killed at the end of... Uh, it's been a while since I've seen The Hulk. Yeah. There's, man, they could have thrown him in there, maybe, <laughs> if... Uh, Done, done a little walk by. Maybe Tim Roth was in a cell. It's just they. Sh- I, I don't know. Just I mean, they gave us so much in this movie. So I'm obviously like that's a, that's not my yeah. 
I just say I just feels like a missed opportunity to me. But I mean, they gave us so much in this movie, so I can't I can't really fault them. Sure. For, can we for talk nothing. about a Spider Man? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, hashtag make Spider Man awesome again because yeah. uh, they they they. <laughs> they accomplished that because I'll be honest, I haven't given a shit about Spider Man since probably 2004. Yeah, since and after the second one, it's been a yeah. long time since I've given a shit about Spider Man. As you get older, it's tough to identify with Spider Man as you get older. Well, because, yeah, because his teens as a person, yeah. his pro- his problems as a person are teen problems. Yes, as the the obvious nature of the kid uh, or of the character itself is, you get older and. You get a little more jaded and a little more, a little wiser, but also a little little jaded and a little little uh, a little too adult maybe for for Spider Man. But yeah, then, which is why I think it was fun to skew young on Spider Man here. Oh yeah, which they which they absolutely should have done. But I mean, I just and I I had my one of the things I was worried about that I might not like about this movie is. Um, one of the things that has irritated me about the Marvel thing, and, it, and it, this goes back to my thing with you know the stakes not being there, is our Marvel heroes. And I realize, and I'm not asking that they go complete because DC goes completely the other direction, where um, the, the way everybody in DC broods in the movies, yeah. like every like Batman's the only one who should be brooding, but generally, yeah. But everybody broods for some reason because DC hasn't quite figured out that. But that's neither here nor there. Marvel kind of goes the other way, where the only guy who should be quipping in the middle of a fight is Spider-Man, but everybody quips. So I was a little worried that because you don't get you, like the stakes for me get lowered, and maybe it, maybe it's just me. I don't know, but the stakes for me get lowered when a entire country is about to get thrown into earth and obliterating the earth and Hawkeye's driving around, you know, joking about, he's like, I figured out what I'm going to do with my kitchen and stuff like that. The stakes go down with garbage dialogue like that. And I was worried that everybody would be quipping so much in this movie that by the time we got to the master of the mid fight quips, which is Spider-Man, that some of the lines would irritate me and it would lessen the Spider-Man experience, and thank God that did no, not happen. And, and I was surprised because I, yeah, I thought I, the I same thing, was. and I'm like, well, this can, like, it's because he's going to quip. Like, he's going to quip ad nauseum. He's not going to stop. Yes. Um, yes. And I thought it was going to get tedious and annoying, but it was never not funny or charming or both. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they left, and they left, like, enough space in between the quips during that scene that, and they didn't give you too many. It, it was, it was, Brilliantly executed by plus, the Plus, plus, in like the I don't know how long was that fight scene? Like fifteen minutes, maybe. It, well, it marks the the end of the second, second act. Act, act. I would yeah. say it's definitely their second act stinger. So it was fifteen twenty minutes, and you get a good fifteen twenty. No, minutes and, and it's it's great, but like Everybody. during that period, because everyone has to have their hero moment during it, and they did, yeah. which was great. Um, at least one in most in a lot of cases. Um, but we yeah. got to see having no idea who Spider-Man is going into this effectively because we know who he is, but he's never been in the MCU before. And mm-hmm. without them having to spell it out on paper or even really discuss it when they had that five-minute scene at uh, his apartment, um, mm-hmm. they demonstrate every one of his powers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They, they did the Spidey sense, which I enjoyed. <laughs> 
Yeah. Because I think at one point, uh, uh, what is his name? Falcon is throwing like that drone at him or something like that. Red Wing, who is, oh my God, that's another reference all to itself because in the comic books, uh, Red Wing is a, uh, in the comic, he's an actual bird, but like, I guess having like, he's a bird that Falcon is telepathically linked to, so he can, oh, okay, you know, talk okay, to okay. it and be like, you know, fly and do this, Red Wing, but in this, they, they just went the 2016 route and made it a drone instead of an actual bird. So that was okay. But like when it came off him and was flying around and was like scanning the building and stuff, I was I that was I nearly made like my usual like, oh, but I I was just still kind of like, oh, it's oh yeah, like the first two minutes of the episode, it's like scanning that garbage truck and it's like it's yeah. loaded to capacity and not slowing down. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, no, that, and I mean they did that. The scene that I really liked, and apparently there was a clip of this beforehand that a lot of people had seen, but when uh, the uh, Winter Soldier goes to punch Spider-Man in the face, and he just grabs his hand and like looks at it. Yeah, <laughs> like he doesn't like, care. He's like, wow, you got a metal arm. And Bucky's like, the fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you got a metal arm, cute <laughs> stuff, right? There's yeah. a cute little moment where Cap like try like traps him under a like a freight container. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm from Queens. <laughs> <laughs> that okay now that I. I it was a good exchange in the movie, but for me, I started thinking about it, and that thing of him going, you got spunk, kid, where are you from? And he goes, Queens, and he's like, eh, Brooklyn. That completely falls apart when you realize that every Marvel character is from New York. <laughs> like, like, Cap could go, Queens, Brooklyn, Tony, where are you from? Oh, Manhattan. Hey, what about you, Reed Richards? Manhattan, too? Doctor Strange? Oh, also Manhattan? Like, what about the rest of the Fantastic Four? Oh, they're from Manhattan, too? And it's like, like Black Widow, Russia? Well, you, you go stand over there, right? Like, we all grew up like, next to each other. Yeah, this is, this is Final Fantasy VIII all over again. Yeah, they all grew up within, like, in, like I don't know exactly how big it is getting tried, like, tough it is getting around New York. I have been there once before, but... I mean, like, yeah. they all lived within less than two hours. Well, of that's other, the big, right? the big so. joke with people who don't know America that well. But it's basically like you've got uh, L.A., you've got New York, you've got like Seattle, and then the Midwest. Everything else is the Midwest. Pretty much, yeah. And then Florida is kind of there doing, and you know, the they got more and everything in between. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but. but. Yeah, I, I really that, enjoyed that, Spidey in this. The one thing I didn't yeah. much care for, and I think that they'll probably do a better job of this in his solo movie, uh, is that the CG on his suit seemed weird at times. Like, the lighting seemed interesting. Or it was brighter, and I think that they were trying to... I was willing to go with it, because they were... Tri- yeah, like, I it's think like it was glowing. Were, yeah, they were trying to portray it like Tony built that suit for him, obviously, yeah. right? Because, well, I don't even think... Because they outwardly mention it, because he goes like, "Suit feels great, Mister Mister Stark," and um, so I think it was it was meant to be a little more robotic than 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 sure, anything. Sure, but it I felt think. like it was giving off like a glow, and I don't I sure. think that it probably like you know like they do in every Marvel movie. You know, by the next time we see him, it, they won't make a big deal of it, but the suit will be slightly different. The CGI will probably be a bit, bit more better because it's his own movie. <laughs> Now they damn near spoiled everything in this movie in the, in the commercials, um, as far as you know some of the cool reveals and and the, the comic booky moments like obviously Spider Man. Yeah, you and, know what? And I've kind of been saying this for a while too because this movie yeah. had like four trailers that coming out and like teasers and stuff yeah. coming out over like the last year and a half. At least that's the way it seems. 
Um, probably not that long, but it, 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 I would have liked to at least not know going in what team everyone was on. <laughs> yeah, but... Because that basically I mean, is like, that brings you up to the second act, more or less, because at the beginning of the second act is when they're kind of getting their teams together. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, I know how this shakes out. <laughs> Um, one thing that did not get spoiled mm-hmm. was Paul Rudd yep. gets to be Giant Man. Yep. And that was a fun little tidbit <laughs> for fans. I'm not sure if you watched, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Legends of uh, Tomorrow, but uh, The Atom. I'm behind on that. Yeah. Are you? I am, yeah. Well, spoiler alert, yep. uh, The Atom also the went big. <laughs> yeah, he went big like a week earlier. Wobble. So I guess DC <laughs> finally beat the... Uh, Beat <laughs> Marvel in, to the punch on something. In this era, they finally beat Marvel to the punch, even though you know Marvel yeah, pretty yeah, much yeah. steals all their nonsense, <laughs> going way yeah, back. Afterwards. But anyway, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah. When Paul Rudd went giant, because I was expecting, I thought he was going to go uh, subatomic. Quote, subatomic and go. He's like, because he said the thing. I've only done this once before. Yeah, I did it once and I passed out and I was like, oh god, he's gonna go subatomic. But I, and I remember thinking, but how's that gonna help him win the fight? And then he went big and I was like, oh man, like, oh god, that was so much fun. And then he was just swinging around and then, like some of the dialogue, like Don Cheadle going like, you know, oh he got big and stuff like that. Does anyone like, else on this team have any unknown superpowers they haven't demonstrated yet? Yeah. No, he had some good moments. Just, I like when he uh, sabotaged Tony's suit, too. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you think Don Cheadle was dead in that moment? Uh, no. And I, no? I explained this before. Um, because you have to kind of play with people's expectations. So, mm-hmm. when we were talking, I think leading up to like I think the last trailer that came out for this movie we had a conversation on this podcast and we talked about does Don Cheadle die and I said no because they've hammered on that point too much during the trailers and it wouldn't be a surprise I just so I was like someone's probably going to eat it in this movie but it won't be him and that's why I said it would probably be Hawkeye Mm-hmm. Because he would have to come out of retirement. We know that he ha- wouldn't come out of retirement because he retired at the end of the last movie and suddenly he's in the Civil War, so clearly he's coming out of retirement. Uh, and he's got arguably the most to lose because he's the guy with the family. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I figured if anyone's going to die, it's probably going to be Hawkeye. And then, of course, no one did. I, I, I was okay with the way it kind of shook out, though, where both sides took losses, though. Like, I... After everything that happened, it, there were stakes on top of just the team being split up. Like, you know, Rhodey is paralyzed now and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's an interesting, and, you know, we had to freeze, uh, you know, uh, Bucky again because he got, he got his arm torn off and he's a liability and stuff like that. Like, the characters they are more their, or less... They love their severed limbs in the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, not <laughs> nearly as much as Star Wars, so we'll forgive them. <laughs> Well, they're giving Star Wars a run for their money because Bucky had his arm severed. Obviously, Ulysses Claw had his hand severed, but that was, you know, to a fault. Thor fake lost his hand in Thor Two. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and there's a couple others I'm forgetting. Somebody else got their arms blown off. That I'm, uh, I'm forgetting somebody else. But yeah, there's been a a rash of severed limbs in the uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh sure. Um. I, d- I did enjoy that mistakes. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that that moment where 
where like Tony Stark is holding Rhodey and it's, oh, yeah. it's really sil- yeah, it's really silent and then Falcon goes I'm sorry and it's just he was like you hurt my black friend I hurt your black friend <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and that that's one of the things I really liked about this because even in the middle of their big act two conflict because there was no big act three conflict really um, or at least well, no no world shaking one. Like it was more or less one on one Cap versus Iron Man. Um, yeah. But in their big Act Two conflict, like people were beating the ever loving hell of each other, and you could tell they didn't want to do it, and you could tell that they were pulling punches, and they even said so much as much at times. And you know, even so, when they had each other in the position to basically cripple or kill them, which they have no qualms of doing in this universe, they didn't. They just took them as much out of the fight as they could, which is why it felt it felt very genuine for, you know, Vision to try to help uh, try to help uh, Scarlet Witch and then, you know, do his long-range laser shot and miss and hit uh, hit War Machine. And then, and then for Falcon to go down and try, like everyone's kind of like, we know that this battle is ending now. Like, let's clean ourselves up and try to be friends, please. Yeah. Um. So it, it was. I don't know. It felt very personal in that way. In in that way, I think more than any other in this movie, it felt like a Captain America movie, mm-hmm. where the thing that happens in every Captain America movie, because he's kind of like the Boy Scout of this universe, but in every single one that's happened, he's broken the rules of some major organization and has done so because of, you know, because he's the kind of person who can take the spirit of the rules and run with it and also save his friends. So it, it doesn't surprise me that that kind of was the, the feeling that happened here, where even though, you know, they were trying to uh, get away and get to Siberia and stuff like that. And even though uh, Team Iron Man was trying to stop them, to bring them under like the Sokovia Accords and stuff like that, it, it, you could tell that they're they were ultimately conflicted about conflicting with each other. It was it was very good, I think. <laughs> you mentioned um, Vision and Wanda. Yep. Did, I'm. Do you find those characters compelling in the MCU? Like, are you are you interested um, in in their goings on when 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 they had their their kind of just their scenes where where Vision was trying to make goulash or whatever the heck he was trying to make? Yeah, uh, not especially. I, I I I might be biased. I kind of do because mm-hmm. Vision in many ways reminds me of Data from Star Trek, who I'm a big fan. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so that got me where, you know, he's trying you to see him in a sweater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he, he looks adorable in the sweaters that, you know, he's yeah. just fabricating out of his mind's eye because that's what he does. Yeah. Well, I think it was also easier for them that they probably didn't have to put the guy in the full makeup. Oh, sure. CG. But I mean, like, in so, canon. You know, here's a way for us to save some money in scenes. This just thinks like, about clothes and then he's wearing them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's like, this isn't just what he picked up from Tony's closet. Like, this is what he wanted to wear, which yeah. is an interesting choice. Um, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't mind it. I thought it was cute, but I mean, yeah. ultimately didn't really fit in with the theme of this movie, but I felt like you had to give both of those characters, uh, a bit more motivation. Um, plus we needed to get some mind gem stuff in there somewhere. 
Yeah, and I and you buy that like Elizabeth Olsen's like, hey, you're putting me under house arrest and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because she was. I don't like that. I don't like being a prisoner and stuff like that. Like, because I was a prisoner once before, and that 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 like you buy that motivation. Well, and she among most of the characters had some of the better nuance. I think her and uh, Black Panther had some of the best reasons to kind of flip flop between sort of uh, not flip flop. That's not that's kind of pejorative but that's disingenuous yeah. it, it, but they you had they both of them had i think the most reason to kind of pick the teams that they did ultimately um where you kind of figure at the beginning like she's feeling guilty for all the damage that she did in lagos uh and for being vaguely responsible for the stuff that happened in sokovia when she was helping ultron before she did the heel turn um and uh you know, it makes perfect sense for her to to sign under the Sokovia Accords, but then when she realizes, hey, you know, Tony's putting me under arrest, and this is exactly what the government's going to do now, she she flips, and mm. you, you, it makes sense. <laughs> like you kind of understand one of these lesser characters who's been in like a movie and a half now. You understand why she would make the decisions that she did, even just knowing what we know from the beginning of this movie. Like it's it's self-contained and also plays on what was in the previous movie. Like it makes sense. Uh, and and uh, ultimately, we got a, a satisfying ending. I think. I mean, you you might disagree, but because I know how much you love the Black Panther kicking ass like he does, but we got a satisfying ending with him too, where you know he was being fueled by revenge and was awesome as a result of it, but. Once you realize that that was only going to make things worse and that revenge makes people do terrible things, he kind of took it easy after that and was almost ready to let Zemo live if Zemo hadn't pulled a gun on him and mm-hmm. all that. Like it, that, that I thought was a really good scene. Yeah, when Zemo tried to shoot himself and Black Panther stopped him, that was great. To stop him and even the conversation yeah. that they had, like it felt very genuine for who those characters were, and you know Zemo yeah. apologized for killing his father and stuff like that. Like that was. It felt mm-hmm. powerful. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very good, very well done. Um, it's just man, Elizabeth Olsen is so terrible with that accent. Yeah, she <laughs> is awful, <laughs> and like she doesn't have it for certain lines, and then does for others, and it's oh, it's it's bad. It's real bad. Like take, takes you out of the out of the scenes sometimes. Someone actually um, posted a uh, screen cap of um, there was a like a press event or like some like skit that they did on some show prior to this coming out where like it's it's Robert Downey Jr. like eating a donut and then like Captain steals it from him for something like that and they're just staring each other down and Elizabeth Olsen's kind of in the middle like uh but someone posted <laughs> a uh image of um there was a scene in uh Days of Future Past where like uh Charles and Magneto are staring each other down and Quicksilver's just in the middle. And we're just like, okay, so this is the second time our two anti like protagonists have been like death glaring at each other where uh, while Maximoff stands in between them looking very awkward. <laughs> That's fine. And one of the guys staring was a Maximoff. Yeah. Um a couple of things that they did, uh when they did the uh the side frame of the comic image of Cap with the shield blocking Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, in slow-mo. <laughs> in slow-mo, that, that was so that was so brilliantly framed. It's just, man, that was... When, when that happened, I like that that was... Man, that was incredible. Yep, they did that for you. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they did, did it for did. the people who would know, you know what, they did that for comic people. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it, and I'm <sighs> like, yeah, Pierce is going to drool here. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, 
the you don't deserve that shield moment, and then Cap dropped the shield. Uh, just, man, so poignant. And the shield, just if I could bring it full circle, just so much better than a Jesus spear. Just, <laughs> wow. Just, ah, it was great. Much less Christ imagery in this movie, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. You don't, you don't, you don't need it. It's just... <laughs> It whatsoever. It's, oh God, it's just the same Daredevil. Yeah, like one one of the things that that was a major difference is because like, I mean, you and I both don't like BVS, but the one thing people who do like BVS can't deny is how horribly edited that first hour was. Oh, yeah. And you see the difference you can make when you have better editors. Is like, because we were jumping all over places, much like in Batman versus Superman, in that first hour and a half of uh, Civil War, so much so that they were, like, putting the title cards up in, like, giant white letters. We are, but we were also jumping to, like, events that happened, like, you know, 15, Ooh. 25 but years it ago. it was so, like, the thing was, it was it didn't feel rushed whatsoever in Civil War, right? Like, it was, okay, we're at Lagos, and then now we're in fucking Queens, and now we're in Budapest, and now we're, or, or not Budapest, uh, Bucharest, and, you know, now and we're in this place, and we're in this place, and it just, it, it felt so much smoother, and just, you can, you just, you really notice the difference in editing. Yeah, yeah, and the, and the pacing in this wasn't perfect, but it was certainly a lot better. <laughs> oh, absolutely it was, and it was... And it didn't feel as long. Like, the movie was the same, pretty much the same length as BVS, but BVS, you're, like, looking at your watch going, waiting Jesus for the, Christ. Well, I mean, for, yeah. for other reasons, we were waiting for BVS to be over. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you were sitting there, like, looking at your watch going, Jesus, is this still going on? And then, like, that movie, like, BVS felt, like, 14 hours long, whereas I, I could have gone another half hour on, on Civil War. But I, I thought it was just so well-paced and, and uh um, do you have anything else you want to mention? <laughs> I, I was going to run down a list of minor things that I noticed and liked or wanted to point out about this movie, but I think I have already. <laughs> right. uh, and and yeah. that was uh, Vision is Adorable in Sweaters. Mm -hmm. uh, Martin Freeman has a hilarious American accent. Yeah. Uh, which makes me interested to see what Benedict Cumberbatch is eventually like. <laughs> yeah. Apart from the one line that we've all heard so far. Yeah. Which was two words. <laughs> he went, like, teach me. Oh, no, no. He did the, you know, I don't believe in the power belief in chakras and all that. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think I've brought up all the stuff I wanted to bring up. Uh, so, I, I, I felt a little robbed because I wanted a bit more focus on Captain America, but every single person who was in this movie, for the most part, there were a couple who, you know, they need to be in it because they need to be in it, but, you know... A lot of people now are talking about getting a uh, solo uh, Black Widow movie. Um, well, I think because if if this Wonder Woman movie mm -hmm. hits, yes, like if this if this is a hit for if the Wonder Woman movie is a hit, like if if if, they, if DC steps up to the plate and they get, I think even a double, a even good a solid double, ground rule double. <laughs> if they, not, yeah, if they get a double. With or if they get anything better than a single, because yep. I think a single even DC will take it. But if they get a, if they get a double or better, Marvel might sit there and go, "We missed a huge fucking opportunity to have a strong female character 
in her own to, to be the first ones to do the like strong female character because they tried it once with the Electra movie and fucked it up and yeah and it's and quite frankly you, you get to bit, look at it like that because you want these movies right you want these characters to have their yes. movies uh, in both cases, like I would like to see a Black Widow movie. I would love to see a Wonder Woman movie. I'm glad that we might potentially be getting both. But studios, unfortunately, have learned the lesson the hard way that, you know, when you make something like Elektra and it's not good. I don't know how it yeah. did on the, in the box office. but no, it was terrible. I, it, like, it bumped. Unfortunately, that's a lesson that they learn. And it's a different climate now than it was then, yes. Different, definitely. And hopefully it's worth trying again. And, and I mean, as much as I want to shit on DC these past decade, <laughs> at least they're uh, at least they're making that gamble. Um, I wouldn't go decade. Well, let's not say decade. Let's say five it's years. It's not even decade. Just their last effort, I would say. Yeah, right. <laughs> like they're, they're, yeah, well, when did Man of Steel? Everything since Man, Man of Steel was so 2013, Steel. I want to say. Man of Steel and BVS were their last two, and they have been massive turds. Um, sure. I, I'm really but I mean, hoping like, for a good Wonder Woman movie to yeah. a be a good Wonder Woman movie and b kind of turn that climate around. Yeah, they're they're taking a they're taking a, a swing with the uh, with the Wonder Woman movie, and there's there's a chance that they they might scoop Marvel as far as movie going. Well, with the, and, and uh, there's first. there's some precedent for it too now because uh, I mean this is like the young adult sort of uh, thing that's happening, but movies like. Um, uh, Hunger, Hunger Games. Games and like the Divergent series and stuff like that are showing that you can have a strong female lead and build a strong franchise on it. Although it seems like those movies are, are may have been a fad and it, it feels like they're coming to an end. I don't know if we're going to see any more of those YA novels, but I could be wrong. But they're not. For I, I think not honestly, it would be silly ads. not to. I mean, keep it. Rolling. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're not for you. Well, it depends. As long as if they keep making money, but like it, it's definitely it could be one of those. It, it's targeted. It's not targeted to you and me. You and me are near thirty-year-old men. Those YA female-driven novels were not the target audience for that. Sure, and, and I'm not. I'm not saying that it's a perfect uh, comparison, but I'm mm-hmm. saying that you know there are audiences who are ready for a strong female lead, and uh, the audiences that grew up on Hunger Games are now nest, perhaps looking for something a bit more older and mature. Yes, that yeah, and which is what I was going to say is I don't think that the the lack of uh, it, it seems like we're stepping away from the YA, and I don't mean because those are becoming poor quality. I'm saying because that audience has moved on much in the way, in much in the fashion of a fad. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like it's just, yeah. It, I'm not saying they're turning out garbage or anything because I haven't no, watched and, it. And again, when did that when did that YA on. fad take off? It took off after Harry Potter ended. Like it all kind of yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, they needed something to fill the void. Yeah, well, they needed just, something to fill the void. They're like, okay, how old is the average Harry Potter? fan i don't know 15 16 cool let's put some teenage movies in here yeah and like that's the other thing about like like you could have given me a standalone black widow movie because like in age of ultron when we got like the 30 the not even a 30 the 15 second glimpse into scarlett johansson or the uh natasha roll past of her like weird black swan assassin school i'm much more interested in that than spending the rest of age of ultron when, then when Age of Ultron basically became Age of Hawkeye, and it was like that movie goes into crawl speed in the middle of yes, the movie. That, like that, that's true. That movie <laughs> dies in the middle. Mm-hmm. Like that dies in the well, middle. Well, if I can wet your whistle here a little bit, if you want more of uh, Black Swan Death Assassin School, uh, Agent Carter season one. Yeah, Check it. that's true. <laughs> 
we do that. And Agent Carter is not getting renewed for. I heard that. Season. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I understand why. I would have liked yeah. to see a third season. Well, uh, uh, what's her face also got a different gig, which doesn't. Oh yeah, well. Always, uh, which doesn't always mean the death of the show, but I believe that. Uh, no, but understandable. Uh, what, what I can't remember her name. I can't. Uh, who plays a- Agent oh, yeah, Peggy Carter? Well, <laughs> Oh, Haley Atwell, thank you. Yeah, Haley Atwell, I think she's got herself a new gig. Oh, I mean, um, good for her. I was going to mention to you, because you haven't been watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did not do a horrible ham-fisted tie-in to the latest Marvel movie that came out in there in the last episode before. Uh, well, they, they had one, like, half-line that sort of did, but it wasn't as terrible as... Uh, the, the year earlier when they did it for Age of Ultron. Yeah, that's right. I heard. I remember that. Because <laughs> what happened was, uh, what happened was that this year they did a thing where uh, Grant Ward, who's been taken over by like Hive, which is you know this ancient Inhuman, is in Grant Ward's body and he's able to infect the other Inhumans. So him and Daisy, who is Scott, what Sky is going by now. Right. Um, they're doing a walk. They're doing a uh, Aaron Sorkin walk and talk, talking about what they're going to do, right? Sure. And at some point, he says, "You know, I've seen the way you know people tried to lead, bef- try to rule before." And he goes, "All it does is lead to anarchy and civil war." And then uh, Daisy says something like, "Well, you know, as you can see, things haven't changed much, right?" Mm-hmm. And that was their only. Uh, Oh, we used the word civil war. <laughs> yeah, they used the word civil war. That was basically it. They, they, that, that was the only tie-in. They didn't do anything like. Whereas last time it was like the most bullshitty. Man, that season two of Agents of Shield is really poor. But they they did one where it was like they they were going on a mission that had to do with the show, and then they had like the classic Agent Shield where there's the mission within the mission that I haven't told you about. So all the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. are running around doing their stuff for what we think is the mission for the show. And then Coulson's, like, clicking away at a computer, and they're like, what are you doing? And he goes, ah, don't worry about it. And then he, like, takes the jump drive, puts it in his pocket, and then at the end of the episode, he puts the jump drive into a computer, and he goes, oh, I've confirmed that. Oh, my God. (laughs) He goes, I've confirmed that Hydra does, in fact, have Loki's scepter. We've got to assemble the Avengers. Assemble the Avengers. (laughs) And then it was like, see you on Friday. (laughs) And it was... So terrible, and then went and then you went over the weekend and watched Age of Ultron, and then when you came back on uh, Tuesday or whatever to watch the next episode, probably no one ever mentioned it again. (laughs) No, they were staring at like they were just everybody, all the agents of Shield were staring at a screen, and it was like Sokovia, and it was like and it like it was all like blown up and stuff, and they all just kind of turned around and were like. Whoo! Glad we didn't get called into that one, right? And then just went about their like went about the show as if it was like. So I'm really glad Agents of Shield decided not to attempt to do some sort of tie-in or or that they or like maybe they were forced in in the other seasons and. But I'm I'm glad they they didn't do that this time. Hmm. Um, next time the Avengers have to get together, will they be fighting Thanos? Or will they be fighting the Hulk, Miller? What, Infinity War? No, just next time we get the Avengers together. Huh. That's a damn good question. I have no precedent to say. Because 
the all the rumors that are coming out of because uh, Thor and Hulk are going to fight in Thor Ragnarok, right? That's going to be the next superheroes fighting each other fight. Sure. And there's been talk about whether or not they're eventually going to set um set up for the events of Planet Hulk for a Hulk to come back and be be the main bad guy mm. for which you know fuck yes if if you can if you can pull it off go ahead and do it I mean interesting people keep talking about a phase 4 and I have no idea what to expect for that well they took the inhumans off of uh the roster yeah off the roster yeah they they had a, they had an inhumans movie that they planned on doing and it seems like they're going to Pitch that, which I think is good because it opens the door because we've got the Inhumans. Well, they did that from what I understand. I I don't know the exact reasoning or what reasons they gave, but I figured they did that to make room for uh, a Spider-Man trilogy now. Yes, yes, that's probably exactly why. But it also opens the door for them to use the main Inhumans in the fucking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Turn Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into the Inhumans show for all I care. Absolutely, why not? Why not improve both things? Yeah, change the name, and then we can get Black Bolt and Medusa and the dog-headed dude and whatnot, and we can get all of that. I assume that's his name, the dog-headed dude. I, f- I forget. The, I, the I hope that that's it. <laughs> I, I, forget, I honestly forget the name of the dog-headed yeah, no, I'll I just, just remember. come up with creative names, Pierce. It's the dog-headed dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, do you have anything else you want to... Uh, Say about Civil War. Uh, give your final grade. You never, you never gave it a grade. Uh, I'm gonna say 8.5 or nine out of ten. Yeah, uh, time I, I, will tell exactly where this falls on my scale. I, I still might end up liking it more than Winter Soldier by the time things go by. I don't think that's a strong likelihood, um, but I, I, I'm fine giving it a strong number two right now in the MCU as far as uh, feature films go. I want to close this podcast with a little story. Oh, good. Of what happened in the theaters, and I think you'll enjoy this. Yay. Um, enjoying things. So Car- Carly and I were sitting in the back of the theater, mm-hmm. and about three, four, five seats to my right was a kid. Couldn't have been more than six, seven years old. Okay. And there was this really great moment where the... You know, and the kid was there with his brother who, who and his mom, and the brother couldn't have been more than nine years old, but the brother was old enough to know that I shouldn't blurt stuff out. Oh, I see. Yeah. In the middle <laughs> of the movie. Be quiet movie then. Yeah. The, the six-year-old couldn't help himself at a couple points of the, the movie. Brother, My favorite, the older brother is roughly as old as this franchise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the, the, the young kid, like I said, couldn't have been more than six years old. There's the bit where... Tony, or uh, Captain America and uh, Falcon, Anthony Mackie, have Bucky and they've got his arm in the vice grip and they're talking to him and they're trying to calm him down and they're like, you know, Stark's not going to, you know, Stark's not going to believe us even if we tell him and stuff. Yeah. And he turns and he goes, and Anthony Mackie does the thing where he goes, I know the guy. <laughs> And then there's like this two or three seconds of silence pause, right, yeah. dramatic pause. right before he goes, I know a guy. And this six-year-old kid just yells out in the middle of the theater, Oh, Ant-Man! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know who he's talking about. And nobody laughed, nobody laughed or anything. And a few people shuffled and murmured because they were, were kind of upset that, I mean, it probably ruined it for him. And I turned, and I remember being, I, I mean, obviously, like, I, I knew that it was going to be Ant-Man. Yeah, yeah. 
But then I turned and I was like thinking to myself and I was like, man, damn, damn. I was like, damn, this kid, he just ruined the movie. You know, he just ruined it for a few people in this theater. And then I sat there. But then I, I, I took a deep breath and I thought about it for a second. I'm like, you know what? That's really what it's all about, isn't it? It's about, <laughs> yeah, it's about this, and that's what this, these movies have created. Is this is it, when you, when and from here on out, whatever I see these movies from now on, I'm gonna think of that little kid who just was so filled with so joy that Ant Man was gonna be so in this movie, excited <laughs> and so happy that he was that he knew what they were talking about, and he, that yeah, he yeah. knew that this guy, this kid who's as old as the first Captain America movie, <laughs> exactly, and was just like. Oh, Ant Man! So and he was just so happy, and he was already on the edge of his seat. And I was just like, man, that's what it's all about, right there. Is is just like being a kid and watching these damn movies. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if you're annoyed by that, then you're kind of missing the point. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why I like I, I I took a second, thought about it, and then I just smiled. And I'm like, you know what? That's that's. That's just what it's all about right there. Some kid in the theater just yelling, Oh, Ant-Man! With just, uh, like, the, the, the innocence and joy that only a child can have. Whereas right? in the mood of, like, BBS, if they see the file folders on Luthor's computer and you see the Flash yeah. logo and he goes, Oh, Flash! He would have been taken outside and shot. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Oh, God, I just... I, I liked it. I, I just... I, good on that kid. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. That was... That Listen, was kid, you do you. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, Don't stop believing. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, oh, that's great. Don't ever quote that song on my podcast or your band. <laughs> Fuck Journey. It's like it's, wait, it's wait, wait it's a bring it down for a six-year-old. <laughs> yeah, perfect music for a six-year-old. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, it's garbage. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Journey's garbage. What can I say? Um, so ending on a bit of a sour note. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Ah, uh, you gonna do it? Uh, that puts a capper on yet another Civil War review. I don't. I think we covered everything. I don't. If we missed anything, fuck. Let us know. But yeah, well, the thing is, is uh, coming up. You know, much like we have with every other Marvel movie we've seen during the life of this podcast, I'm sure. And like, to, not to mention like BBS and Deadpool. I'm sure something will come up like three weeks from now on another podcast that will make me think of something I forgot to say, and then I'll say it in the middle of whatever we're talking about. Like I would like to stop talking about BBS, but it just keeps coming up. Yeah, <laughs> I would like to stop thinking about it, but it still exists like a splinter in my mind. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. What are you gonna do? Well, you know what? Uh, we got the Suicide movie coming up. Yeah. I think is that the next? No, no, no. Uh, Apocalypse. We got Apocalypse, Apocalypse is coming up next. Then I think Suicide Squad. Then the Killing Joke, yeah, and then the Suicide Squad. And uh, who knows if they keep releasing trailers for the Suicide Squad, we'll have seen the entire movie before it, it uh, bothers to come out. Because God, they can't help themselves, can they? Oh, I'm just so clever for it. I don't know. I don't think I can yeah, do it anymore. That's, I, I know there's at least one Apocalypse trailer that I've refused to watch. <laughs> Yeah, the stakes seem so high in Apocalypse. Like, I don't know where they go from here. Well, yeah, and they've already said, I think news came out today, that apparently the next uh, X-Men movie is going to take place in the 90s, like, alongside the yeah. animated series. And, like, and there's going to be a Wolverine standalone. Yeah, a rated R Wolverine standalone. Yeah, they said they're, we're going to get a rated R Wolverine standalone. But, I mean, like, you, you do watch the trailers of this uh, Apocalypse movie, and Apocalypse is like lifting entire cities oh, into. Oh yeah, like, and you get these uh, black... wide shots of all these missile silos launching nukes. Yeah, so, and like like, like black. Yeah, he's like 
I mean, it's a true apocalypse. Like, he's lifting entire cities into, like, black holes in the sky. And it's like, I don't know, where do you go from here? I don't know, do you go to the Savage Land and fight a bunch of, like, dinosaur dudes? <laughs> I mean, like... What do you do? You don't you don't just go back to like, oh, I'm hey, here's Sabretooth. He's gonna fight Wolverine. Right? Yeah, they're gonna suffer from what I call Dragon Ball Z syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> we defeated maybe. the strongest being in the universe. Now we have to um, find a second. Uh, well, no, they made up other stronger beings that couldn't have ex- like that apparently existed alongside Frieza. <laughs> Yeah, like they beat Frieza, and they're like, "Oh, but this one's an android, and we didn't know it existed." And also, this one is like primordial and was buried underneath the earth for a billion years. Like, <laughs> come on, guys, you're just making shit up now. Yeah, you clearly didn't have anything in mind after Frieza. No, I know, uh, but they got it. Well, that was one of those. Well, that's yeah. I was gonna say you can't blame the dragon because the Dragon Ball Z suffered from the we're making too much money. Oh yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and basically. Uh, what was it? Akira Toriyama was basically like, I'm going to do this Frieza saga, which is why the Frieza saga is so goddamn long, too. Yeah, right? it's supposed to be the, the climax. That's where it's supposed to end. Yeah, exactly. And he's going to go Super Saiyan, and the world's going to be saved, and that's going to be it. And then they were like, sorry, Akira, we're making too much money. Pump them out. Yeah, and he's like, I, I don't know, a, a fucking android that well, has the power of it? stole everyone's DNA and can suck yes, their life? <laughs> Sure, let's go with it. <laughs> oh, man. Fat bubblegum monsters? <laughs> yeah, I, guess. I don't know. Where do you go from a killer android? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Killer android from the future. It's like Terminator. But Yeah, exactly. He did his... T- it was exactly what it was. He took it straight out of Terminator. Oh, absolutely. Like, he did. Fucking android from the future, maybe? I don't know. It's, not even, it's not even hidden. It's right there. That's <laughs> <laughs> great. I love it. Uh, so maybe we cover Dragon Ball Z on another podcast. Yeah, uh, maybe not. <laughs> But that's it for our Civil War podcast, and uh, that puts a capper on it. Uh, crossover podcast available on SoundCloud, iTunes. Please rate and subscribe, and we need we need a few uh, comments. Please feel free to comment on uh, us on iTunes, because apparently iTunes just measures everything by comments. It's kind of a dumb system, but what are you going to do? Uh, uh, crossover podcast. If you uh, feel the need, even if you just say, I like it. Yeah, uh, crossoverpodcast.com. We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash the crossover podcast. Um, Twitter account is at MPR6, M P E A R C E, and the number six. Uh, you were on another podcast earlier this month, were you not? That is correct. Uh, so I'm on Twitter also at Kevin G. Miller. Um, and I am featuring this month on HI101 at hi101.ca. Uh, Adam and I are talking about Italian Renaissance. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, check that one out. I was listening to the first half. It's really good. Yeah, apparently, and, and I haven't actually listened to it because I have a hard time listening to myself on podcasts, but uh, apparently I get really excited in this one and talk over Adam a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to look forward to that. I was, I was getting a, at a kick out of when he was playing the uh, <laughs> the, the instruments at the end, yeah at the end of the episode. That was fantastic. You totally sprung that on me too. I'm like, oh yeah. geez, we're doing this, huh? <laughs> That was great. But, uh, yeah, and if you want to hear Adam uh, cross over onto our podcast, since this is the crossover podcast, he was on a recent episode where we were just talking all nerd-related yeah, we did, stuff. Uh, we did a half-drunk grab bag like three episodes back. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and check that out. He, he uh, was on us. And uh, thanks again to all the people on the at Potter and Family and hashtag Potter and Family members who have been retweeting and... Mm-hmm. 
uh, us and uh, helping the ep- get the episodes out there and make them more easily accessible. We appreciate all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, if you ever want a specific shout out, just let me know on uh, on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, so that's it. That puts a capper on our yet another comic book movie review, and we got three more of those coming out, and we'll probably do. Uh, I say three more because I'm including. Uh, actually, it might be four more because we're gonna do. Uh, the Killing Joke, I would imagine. Well, you say three more, but how long are you counting? Because we've got one coming out every month till like, November. <laughs> That's true. Well, I was thinking there's three comic book movies, but we're also going to go see... I don't know if we'll do reviews, but we're definitely going to go see Independence Day. Oh, oh, complete aside. At the very end of this podcast, did you see the new yeah. uh, Independence Day trailer in front of, oh, uh, absolutely. In front of this? Uh, yes. Oh, no, at the movie? No, we didn't get oh, it. Oh, man. <laughs> but I've seen, like, all the latest ones. Listeners, check it out if you haven't yet. The most Jeff Goldblum line in years. <laughs> oh, was it the one where he was like, it was bigger last time or whatever? I don't or, remember. Or, or, I don't remember what it was, but as soon as you hear it, you'll know it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Either way, I'm, I can't wait for that one. My, I still haven't. My wife hasn't seen Independence Day, the first one, so we'll get to rewatch that before. Always watch uh, that movie. Oh, it's so great. We, we should do a com. Maybe we'll do a I commentary track. Back to that movie's fucking long. No, <laughs> like that would be a long. But there's no part of it that isn't entertaining. <laughs> That's for true. the most part. For the most yeah. part. Well, there's a couple of scenes. There's a lot of scenes where people are just either looking at the sky or looking at screens while stuff are happening in that movie, which is you know is what people would do in real life. So I guess it brings true. Well, it's certainly tense. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's it for this week on the Crossover Podcast. And uh, we will see you next week for more sports and comic talk. Take care, everybody. Also Game of Thrones. (laughs) And Game of Thrones, yes.